Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit, and I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit, and we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of The Future Belongs to Creators. Today, we're going to be talking about creating from a place of vulnerability. And I am not joined by the incredible Barrett Brooks today because he is on vacation. Uh, A vacation where you stay at home and don't leave your house because that's the kind of vacation that we take these days. Uh, But I think he has some exciting yard work planned and uh, hanging out with uh, his super cute little baby. I am joined by the incredible Alexis Teichmiller. Thanks for coming on the show today. I'm excited to be here. I've been a longtime fan of you. And I thought you were going to say the podcast of like a longtime fan of, uh, let's see, about mm, two and a half weeks. <laughs> yep. Well, I have, I have watched, I would say at least 10 episodes of, of it now. So I have a good understanding of the format and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, you might actually be our biggest fan then. That 10 episodes... That might, I think anyone who's watched more than half of the episodes, uh, which 10 would put you up more than half, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. if anyone is watching right now and you have watched more than 10 episodes, let us know in the chat so yes. we can connect. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Well, so Alexis, you run uh, all of our affiliate program and, and partnership promotions at ConvertKit, just so everyone, everyone knows. You've been on the team for coming up on four years now. Yeah. June will be four years. July 1st. July 1st. Way to have the exact halfway mark of the year. Well, I, my first day was also the first day, I think, of Barrett and a few other colleagues too. So it's easy for us to remember. Yes, that's good. Um, okay, so we always start off the show just with a simple red, yellow, green. How are you doing today? You know, I'm actually feeling green. The last three days have been really good. And I'm just going to keep riding that momentum of feeling good. So I would say both work and life have been shockingly green, but I'm also in week four of quarantine. Yep. And, you know, I think that week over week, I find myself trending greener and greener. So at least yeah. I'm trending up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think as we yeah settle into the new reality and and then we just find things that that work well within it. I think that's how I'm finding myself as well, that I'm like, okay, this is how we live life now. It's weird, but I actually, well, I don't miss going out as much as I used to, which is kind of weird. So forced introversion. I don't know. Well, also, I mean, you're kind of an introvert and yeah, I am like a mixture of both. So I've actually been pretty okay. Having zoom calls with colleagues and things like yeah. this fill that extrovert you know, soul. And then my introvert is like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Not best thing, but I like staying home. So yeah. yeah. Yep. That's good. Um, I'd say that I'm green as well. Okay. So we did something, our engineering team, they're wonderful. Uh, they're like, oh, we're going to have a demo where we share what we built over the last six weeks all with each other. And last minute I, I came in and was like, new idea. You're going to do it in front of the entire company, which is just over 50 of us now. And I think I gave them like 12 hours notice, maybe. And they killed it. Like music no transition. Idea. Yeah. No, they <laughs> they did such a good job. And so it was just, you know, you got to 
demo all this nerdy engineering stuff, new features, and then just die laughing at all of their jokes, their memes that they worked in. They were competing to see who could be the funniest and, and the competition was good. Yeah. And one of, one of our colleagues, um, his new name is DJ Jay-Z. He threw in some Drake in between each presentation. So it really kept the energy up for the whole hour of the call. It, it was good. We do know how to do Zoom calls well. That's one we thing that, that we're good at. Um, okay, well, let's transition. We actually have uh, the one and only Barrett Brooks in the chat today, who's supposed to be on vacation. So Barrett. Barrett, go home. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, let's do, we haven't done this in a few episodes. Let's do a quick check-in on the state of the world. Because, you know, we'll acknowledge at least the present uh, circumstances and all of that. We're at one and a half million cases worldwide, 450,000 in the U.S., Side note, random story. We have at ConvertKit a odd fascination with fine cheese from Wisconsin brought to us by uh, Tyler, who's on our marketing team. And he brings it to every team retreat. But we learned that we can order this. And so a few of us have been ordering cheese to help get through quarantine. You know, the best Wisconsin cheese. I'll have to look up where that site is and, and drop it. Maybe that would be my resource of the day. Now, but there was, I realized something because when I ordered it, you know, three or four weeks ago, you can choose the delivery date. And I picked what I thought would be the middle of quarantine because I wanted like in the darkest part of quarantine, I wanted, you know, like some aged cheddar cheese to show up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you just want a box of dairy on your doorstep. Exactly. And so Tyler had asked like, Hey, did your order come in? Like, what'd you think of it? And I was like, no, because I picked a different date. What date did I pick? I picked this coming Saturday. So apparently me three weeks ago thought two days from now will be the halfway point of quarantine. I have no idea if that's going to turn out to be correct, but that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Um, we just got, we just heard that. So I live just North of Houston for context. And we just heard that Dallas has extended their stay at home order until, um, halfway through May. So we're already seeing a lot of extensions here in the Texas area. So, you know, I, we'll I bought see. myself some embroidery kits. <laughs> I bought embroidery kits. I've been buying candle making kits to try to support like small businesses. Yep. So those, those would be fun projects for me to do um, in all of this free time. For the next five, six weeks for sure. Okay, well, let's dive into our actual topic today. And this is something that, that you suggested and something that we've been on the same wavelength on for quite a while and because we both really value it. But why don't you just introduce the topic and um, then we'll go from there. Yeah. So the topic for today is creating from a vulnerable place. And I think when, first off, vulnerability and authenticity over the last couple of years have become more and more of buzzwords. And I feel like if there was going to be a buzzword, I would I'm okay with it being vulnerability yep. because I think the more that people understand the power of it, the more that people can get behind it and say, you know what, maybe this is for me. Maybe I do want to try being more vulnerable with myself, what I create and the relationships I have with people. And so today we're going to be talking through one of our core values at ConvertKit, which is work in public and how it's kind of breaking down that walls of using your, using your voice in a vulnerable way to connect with your community by involving them in the process. Um, And that can be really scary. And I also think it's important to remember and think through what does vulnerability mean to you? Because what it means to Nathan 
might look differently to what it, what it means for me, how I show up vulnerably on the internet might be different than how you might do that, Nathan. And so think through, what does that look like for you? How, like, whenever you think of vulnerability and you see that lived out, what would that look like for you? Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind for me would be not just sharing my wins would be sharing more than that. Right. So if you were to complain about social media or the internet, the biggest complaint would be, it's just a whole, you know, a long feed of everyone's perfect self, all their wins and everything. And for me showing up in a vulnerable way would be sharing the wins and the failures, you know, what worked and what didn't work. And then also sharing, and you have more on this later, but sharing more of the process as well. But I think the biggest thing would be saying, this is what worked and also here's what didn't work. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And I, another thing too, is there are creators that I think that we all emulate. We're like, oh my gosh, these people inspire me so much. And if only I could just create, you know, 25% of what they've done. And when I see people I really respect actually open up and share, you know, this month has been really hard for me because of X, Y, Z, it brings that humanity level down. Mm -hmm. You know, they turn themselves from that hero into that human. And you're like, oh, I can really connect with them even more now because this month's actually been really hard for me too. It's been hard for all of us. And when you see people that you really respect break down those walls and they're like, you know, I'm actually going to share a little bit more about how I'm doing. It just can, it creates that connection that is hard to get on the internet, especially when it it can be so glossy and, and highlight real. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. I have a question that just came to mind for you. And I'm wondering, because if I were listening and people were telling me, okay, be more vulnerable, share more of who you are and all of that, I would wonder like, yeah, but what about when it bites you? And so is there a time that you've ever felt like um, maybe you shared something really authentically or in a vulnerable way? And maybe you like 100% believe in that, but people gave you a hard time for it or something like that, where someone came in and said like, oh, that was, that shouldn't have been shared or, you know, like being the obnoxious audience member on the internet that we all encounter. Right. Um, almost like being called out for it being an overshare or yeah. like, oh, that, Hey, that was, that was too much. Um, I've only had that experience once actually with a family member. Okay. And yeah. We were able to talk through that of why it was important for me to share. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting too. That's, I'm glad that you brought that up because something that I'm a huge believer in and I stand by is that as much as we're going to talk through today, the importance of involving other people in the process and how vulnerability can actually create a really strong connection with your community. I think it's first important for you to realize that vulnerability is not for anyone else. It is for you. And if you feel like you need to share something or you need to put it out, whatever you know level of importance that is, that's for you because that's you keeping promises to yourself that you're going to be who you are. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be mm-hmm. who I am. And if someone has feedback on that or someone thinks that wasn't overshare, that's okay. But their version of vulnerability is different than mine. And that's okay. I still feel strong. I don't feel weak in that. And that's actually one of the things that we're going to talk through today is like neutralizing the fear around vulnerability, because mm-hmm. I think in general, as a society, we have been taught to view emotion as a weakness. And right. so we're like, well, don't share too much and don't share too often. And so right. we limit ourselves on how much we really show up in the world because we're scared that people are going to think that we're weak. Okay. So let's dive into that of 
how do you neutralize that fear? Because I think what you're saying about emotion is really important. And I, I grew up not necessarily thinking that emotion is a weakness, um, but thinking that it's scary, right? Because in the environment that I grew up in, the most common emotion that was expressed was anger, right? And so whenever things would get emotional, I'd be like, Ooh, that, that's going to turn scary. That's no longer safe. Let's not do that. And so it actually took me a very long time to actually get to a point where I could lean into emotion. Um, but how would you go about leaning into that and addressing those fears? I would just say journal. I know that sounds really simple, but it really does work. When you give yourself the space to just free write through your thoughts and feelings, it's actually going to unearth a lot of reflection time for you. Because I think a lot of times we don't actually understand the present moment because we mm -hmm. haven't reflected on how we got here. And so if you wake up one day and you're like, man, I'm not as vulnerable as I thought, or I'm not as close to people as I thought, or maybe my audience doesn't feel as connected to me as I thought, it might be an opportunity for you to turn back and reflect on the steps that got you to where you are. And so for me, processing emotion has a lot to do with being alone mm -hmm. and giving myself the space to actually reflect. Yeah, that's really good. And Keshna just shared in the chat um, that she's heard share from the scar, not from the wound. So basically wait for the healing to happen and then share. And so I think that's really good because I would separate those, those two steps. And like journaling, as you mentioned, I'm also a huge advocate for journaling, counseling, all of these tools that are really good. And you can use those to process and to heal and all of that. And then you can also, when you're in a better place, you can share. That said, there's something that happens and I am just as guilty of this as anybody, right? I, I put a lot of my life on the internet. Same. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> welcome to the club. Here we are. Instagram stories, Twitter, live shows, whatever. Like a lot of us is on the internet. But if I'm going through something difficult, I really tend to wait until I can process. I, or I have processed that. I've bundled it up into a nice little lesson. And now I'm ready to teach it to you. Like see how... Sure, past me had issues, but current me is just ready to teach you what past me has learned. <laughs> and I've seen people do that. It's Go that ahead. glossy, like you're trying to find the glossy version of vulnerability and pain and trauma. It's right. like, let me just gloss this up real quick, make sure I can turn it into a teachable moment. And I think that that's okay. But at the same time, it's kind of like trying to find meaning from grief or meaning from loss. And right. it's it's not that everything happens for a reason is a is like a thing that a lot of people say, it's finding the meaning behind the happening. Right. And I think that's kind of where you're at right now is I found the meaning in it and now I want yeah. to share the meaning. And I think that's, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so I think the thing that I would in, uh, encourage people to do is to be, you're not going to go to your audience when you're really struggling, but to actually, to have those people that you're going to ask for help separate from that. So, you know, when you come to a time that, you know, you're dealing with tragedy or loss or depression or any of these things. If you've created a relationship where you want to go to your audience with that, that's so, totally fine. But have those people that you can reach out to. Don't think that you have to process it all on your own. And don't think that you have to like, oh, I'm a blogger and I teach things. So I will only process this with other people once it's all nice and packaged up and, and perfect. Because I do think that there is something about being vulnerable and and if vulnerability is not your word, maybe transparent will feel better to you mm -hmm. is that it feels relatable. You know, right. I, I relate to people better. And whenever I relate to you, I listen to you 
And if I listen to you, it means I'm actually altering some of my choices based on your advice. And whenever you have that relationship with someone, whether it's through a screen, I've never met people before, but if they're like, this is how I, these are the settings I shoot my DSLR on. I'm like, Oh, all right. Changing my settings to what they (laughs) say, because they've shared the journey with me. And I think that it's something along the lines of if I'm having trouble with my relationship with my dad, I'm not going to go to my audience and say, Hey, my dad and I got in an argument and I'm going to tell you guys all about it. So it's choosing the level of vulnerability that you want to share. Whereas Mm -hmm. I had no idea for my, my new podcast thumbnail. I didn't feel like, why do I have to figure this out all by myself? Why don't I just share it with my audience and have them vote on which one they like best. And so it's, that's another form of vulnerability. It doesn't have to be this heavy, deep thing. It can also be, I'm going to let you in on the process of my, of my creation so that you feel like you're a part of it because you are, you're telling me which one resonates with you best. I even let my audience pick my intro music for the podcast. Cause I'm like, what do you like better? Cool. I'm going to go with that one. And sometimes like we think that we have to have it all figured out and we're the expert. And so we don't want to let anyone know that we're not the expert. So we don't want to ask for advice publicly. And I think you can really miss out on building a stronger connection with your community if you let them in on it with you. So that's, that's something that, you know, I firmly believe in and and we have wrapped up in this idea at ConvertKit of work in public. And we've obviously, you know, Barrett and I have done this with this podcast of like, here's the first version. Is it on iTunes yet? No, but it will be, you know, and, and now it is, you can go subscribe on iTunes. But uh, of just putting these things out there, working public, showing the process, that's, you know, we've obviously done it with all of our uh, metrics as a company. Actually, you know, I guess I asked the question earlier of a time that it's come back to bite, you know, to bite you of, of being too vulnerable or someone has thought that. And I would say uh, with ConvertKit's metrics being public, there are times I've had a lot of really smart people say like, dude, stop doing that. I've had our competitors say like, hey, by the way, thanks for doing that. Really appreciate it Um, because they're following along. So you have to know that some of these adverse reactions are going to come and you just have to understand why you're doing it. There's no point in coming out and being like, I'm going to be vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable of like, I'm going to overshare everything. That's just who I am. And instead you think about, okay, what am I trying to accomplish? Okay, for me, I'm trying to work in public in a way that someone else could follow in the footsteps of what we've built at ConvertKit and shape our story and our data points to their own journey and their own mission. I'm trying to share numbers so that they can understand the context of the advice. And then I'm also trying to show up as a whole person so that they can understand and see that uh, anything as a creator or the entrepreneurial journey is one of the most like emotionally difficult emotional roller coaster things you could ever undertake. And so if I show up and only show you the the highlights, then I'm lying to you and that's not authentic. And so I'm trying to show that here's the full story. That way when you're like, "Oh, I'm, like this is going really poorly, why can't I just be like Nathan? Everything goes perfectly for him." <laughs> you can realize that that's not the case. There's ups and downs through all of it. And we're trying to share the whole thing. And so my goal is to try to create as much of a public journey so that other people can follow along and everyone's goal is going to be different. But when you're thinking about deciding how vulnerable to be, what to share, how to work in public, I would look at it from that perspective of what am I trying to set out there? What model am I trying to share? And then that way you have a framework to, uh, to put that in and decide what to share. Yeah. It comes back to the intention. 
And this is something that I've worked with friends and clients on when they're working through vulnerability and what they want to share. It comes down to what is your intention with sharing it? Is it because like, there's also a side of vulnerability on the internet that can be, uh, what am I trying to say here? (laughs) Like toxic in some way or they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're trying to play on people's emotions in a way that's like, here's everything that's happening. And, and, I mean, there's definitely the, this is my life. It's a soap opera uh, kind of aspect to it. Right, right, right. And so it comes down to the intention of it and hopefully helping someone. Like you said, what am I trying to achieve with this? What am I trying to accomplish? And it kind of comes back to either you're helping someone or you're helping yourself because when you're helping, and when you're helping yourself and you're feeling like I am showing up in the world, the way I want to show up, that's a really good feeling. You know, I think both you and I, Nathan have, we've all and everyone have come to terms with the fact that when you show up as someone other than yourself for too long, you know, you kind of lose sight of like, what are, who am I? What am I trying to actually do in life? Yeah. Uh, Billy in the, in the chat suggested that like another version of, you know, sharing that could go wrong as virtue signaling. And I think that's really good. And actually I'd forgotten about this one that I got accused of virtue, virtue signaling really recently of when we did our creator fund of like putting out this publicly, people were like, oh, there's just Nathan and Converkia. There's just all this virtue signaling. And it was on another thread and we we're getting subtweeted and all that. And I was like, first I was upset about it. And then I realized, oh, they don't actually have any context. Like, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. I don't need to take that feedback. And sure, we could come in and from a perspective of like, we're bragging about it, of look how much money we're giving away or, and it maybe could come across in that way. And that's why I think that by sharing so much more behind the scenes and so much more detail, it doesn't, for most people, for people who are really uh, following your work, it's not going to come across just as virtue signaling because they know the whole, the whole picture. (laughs) I'm sorry. Corey in the chat just said, hot take. People who say others are virtue signaling are usually people who aren't doing much to help others themselves. And uh, if you want more more of Corey, he'll be on the uh, on the podcast live tomorrow for Q and A Friday. Um, no, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. I think working at ConvertKit has taught me a lot about being more transparent in saying, "Hey, I actually don't have the answer to that question," or "I don't we have a problem. I don't know the answer. Let me go solve. Right. Let me go investigate." And I think the same thing can go for you in your business. For those of you listening, that when you see a gap and you know that you need to fill it, sometimes saying, I'm not really sure can give you a lot of equity with people and say, Hey, I'm on this journey with you as well. Instead of always positioning yourself as the expert, I actually have unfollowed a lot of people who were the gurus and were the experts. And I'm not trying to bring down anyone. It's just that I want people in my life that I find relatable and who are inspiring me and calling me to a higher level. And that means, you know, in business and emotionally calling me to a higher level. And so I want to surround myself and my feed (laughs) on the internet with people that are doing that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that it's especially obvious when you see relatively new creators coming in. I see this in the like online business space the most where people are trying to pass themselves off as a level that's well beyond where they're at and giving advice from that place. And we all can see through it really clearly. So just like own where you're at, what you're learning, be authentic in that way. 
and it'll go really well. Um, I think an audience will reward that. Yeah. I was actually just talking with a friend about this the other day that sometimes people don't want someone that's 20 steps ahead of them. They just want someone that's like four or five. And so if you can position yourself as, Hey, I've done the research. I'm, you know, I know X, Y, Z that you are trying to achieve. I'm not a doctor. I am not a psychiatrist. You know, I am not Brene Brown, but I can have really good discussions with you on vulnerability. Great. And instead of trying to position myself as an expert, I think it can take away a lot of credibility that you don't even have. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So who are a few creators that you think of when you think about working in public or creating from a place of vulnerability and, and sharing in a really good way? Who are some creators? Yeah. Find? I would definitely Gloria Antonmo or Glow as we call her at ConvertKit. And I'll, I'll actually link to her Instagram, but anytime she's trying something new, she's on her Instagram stories teaching people how she just learned it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something she's like, Hey, this took me two hours to learn. I'm not an expert in, you know, this new skill, but I want to teach you how to do it. Or I'm going to host a live workshop tomorrow on what I learned today. And I think that we think we have to get to this certain level of understanding of something to feel deemed well enough to teach it. And again, it's kind of like, Hey, I just learned this today. I'm going to teach you tomorrow on what I accomplished. And people are People want to be involved in that one step uh, too. So I'm going to pull her up. What about you, Nathan? Um, we've shared a good number of people on the podcast before. I'm trying to think who really does a good job of the behind the scenes stuff. A designer that comes to mind for me uh, is Rafal Tamal. Um, he has done a bunch of design work on contract for ConvertKit. If you've used ConvertKit landing pages a lot, you've probably used his design work. And I love following him because he'll share a lot of work in public stuff on uh, lately he's been sharing more on Instagram. Um, so I, I really like his stuff. Maybe I'll use him as my uh, creator of the day. Uh, cause I didn't actually come up with somebody yet, which you were teasing me about earlier. Like, come on, you got to come up with somebody. Um, but yeah, Teddy's got a shout out in the chat, uh, as well. Of, uh, he's thinking of a fall. I'm just like sharing. This is that process. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Someone else that comes to mind for me is I'm going to drop her Instagram in the chat is Kylie Kadich And, She is a photographer, um, an editorial photographer, but she shoots everything with a, um, oh, Nathan, dang it. I just, I just blanked a tripod. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She shoots everything with a tripod. And, uh, the first photo is this beautiful editorial, like gorgeous image. And then when you swipe right, you see the video and a tutorial on how she shot it what her camera settings were like everything, all the props that she got. And I find that really interesting. And she's doing an at home series right now of just creating from her apartment. Mm -hmm. And I think it's inspiring a lot of content creators and photographers to get outside of their heads thinking, Oh, I can only create good content if I'm traveling or if I'm in a beautiful location, but you can actually create a lot of incredible stuff from your home too. Yeah. Yep. That's good. I love it. Um, okay, we should go to a creator of the day. We have some notes here. Just in our, I'm just looking on imposter syndrome. Do you want to touch on that just before we uh, we dive into sharing creators and resources and wrap up? Yeah. So imposter syndrome, to be vulnerable with you, <laughs> is something that I have struggled with for a really long time. And at first it was my age and then it felt like, on my skill. And then it felt like I studied the wrong thing in college. And I was always finding these reasons to why I felt like I wasn't qualified enough to do something. And I think I can allow that to get in my head 
and it stands in the way of me being vulnerable and it stands in the way of me saying, I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but here's what I do know. Do you want to come on this journey with me? And I'm finally stepping into that power of recognizing that I don't have to have all the answers in order to still make a difference. Yeah, that's good. When you said age, that really uh, stood out to me because you and I both have that in common in our careers of showing up in places and showing up in ways where people are like, oh, that's great. But um, just really, really quick question. How how old are you? <laughs> yeah, I've had that in several meetings and it depends on the situation. Sometimes we'd be like, don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you valuable stuff. on that note, what I used to do when I was super young, I was going to college and I used to answer that question. People would be like, how old are you? And I learned that you don't answer the question and the way that you avoid that question. If anyone, if we have any like young entrepreneurs listening, um, the way you avoid it is you say, how do you think I am? And they guess in this case, uh, I was 15 and they'd be like, they'd look at me and be like, uh, 17. Cause they like, couldn't imagine that I could be there in that, you know, college math class or whatever, any younger than that. And I'd be like, Oh, good guess. And then I just move right along. Cause it, it was a good guess, you know, it was wrong, but I still appreciate the guess. I love it. Oh man. Okay. Let's go to a creative of the day. I already went with Rafal. Um, we'll link to his, his stuff. He's a fantastic designer. Who do you have for a creator of the day? So for me, it's, it's a creator, but it's her most recent project love and it. it's Brene Brown's new podcast, Unlocking Us. Y'all. She's so good. You know, don't walk, run to listen to that podcast. It is so good. And um, she talks a lot about what's happening right now in today's current climate and grief and comparative suffering and all these different things that I think a lot of us are feeling right now. Um, I find a lot of comfort listening to her podcast and I learn a lot along the way too. So big fan of Brene Brown. She's great. She has a short audiobook. Might even be free on Audible. I don't know. Maybe I bought it on raising kids. I can't remember the title of it. This is the worst plug for a resource ever because I can't remember the title of it or how much I paid for it or anything. But it's like this three-hour audiobook on raising kids. It's fantastic. And uh, I loved it. Um, okay, my resource of the day, I'll, as we switch from creators to resources, it's a blurred line, you know? What's a resource? What's a creator? Uh, this book is Anything You Want by Derek Sivers. It is maybe an hour to read. It's it's a short book. It's his stories from building CD Baby uh, back in the day. He built it up, built up a good team, and then later sold it for $22 million, donated the entire proceeds of the sale to charity. He's shaped a lot of my thinking. It's a book that I make every new team member read when they join ConvertKit. We've done book couples on it, and so definitely check it out. All right, what's your resource? I love that. I have read it. <laughs> um, okay. So my resource for the day is, let me pull this up, share my screen. Okay. So my resource of the day is wave with two V's. And this is actually something I'm using for my side hustle right now. I'm launching a podcast called deeper life. And I, I could not figure out how to take audio and attach it to an image and then use it in Instagram stories and Instagram posts. And I found this this past week and it's changed my life so far because I'm making really cool audio content that I can upload on social media to promote the show. So if you have a podcast or even a YouTube 
channel that you want to pull audio from and set it behind a static graphic, this tool is amazing. And they also have a free plan too, if you don't want to pay for it. That's awesome. Um, Okay. On that note, tell us really quickly about the new show, where people should go to listen to it. Is it out now? When will it be out? All of that. Yes. So the new show is called Deeper Life and it launches April 14th. So next Tuesday. And if you're listening to this podcast recording, it should be launched by the time you're listening to this. Um, so it's all about how to help people have deeper connections with their, with themselves and each other. And so it's a mixture of conversations with people I love. So interviewing my parents, my spouse, like really digging into what makes our relationship deep and work, uh, solo casts, and then interviews with people that I love and respect as well. That sounds good. All right. Well, Alexis, thank you for coming on. As we wrap up, a little closing thought is to just find the right amount of vulnerability for you. Think about what you're trying to accomplish, You know who you're trying to help through what you're sharing online and the story that you're putting out there. And then find that right level of vulnerability and authenticity that's really going to help you show up consistently, show up in an authentic way and set the best example that you can. So thanks everyone. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you didn't pick it up from the show, we make a tool called ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. If you want to give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today. We'll